This is Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, and this is the Retirement Ready Show. Our goal is to educate you on the many topics of retirement and inform you how to create a successful Retirement Ready Roadmap. Thank you for joining me today for another episode where we will make your Retirement Ready Roadmap simple. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates. You can always visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Lots of great tools and resources there. Some great ways to connect with us, completely complimentary. Maybe you have a quick question, you want to set up a 15-minute phone call, or maybe you'd like a second set of eyes on your retirement plan. Got my buddy Brad Allen. How are you? I am doing good, buddy. Good, yeah. Yeah, you had nice a good, a good, uh, good trip this summer to the Bahamas. Yeah, so we took the kids to the Bahamas, and uh, it was good. It, it rained a little bit, um, but that was okay. And uh, we swam with some dolphins, got to hang out at the beach. But you know what? My my kids are pretty young, so uh, you know, six and in five. And I asked them at the end what was their favorite part, and it wasn't the beach, it wasn't the dolphins, it was the plane ride on the way there and back. That was the excitement. That was it. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the, the part I dread. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Yeah, those family trips are fun, though. I, boy, you know, in the Midwest, you know, mid-August here, it feels like clock's ticking on the summer. Right. You can you can just feel it in the air, can't you? You can. You can, We yeah. have some, uh, some woods in the backyard, and, and they're already a couple trees are starting to get a little orange. I don't yeah. know what's going on. It's It's too early for me. And you go to any store and... Halloween stuff is up already. and You know, you know it's funny you said that. I, I built my home, uh, boy, it's got to be nine and a half years ago now or so. And and I, you know, we planted some trees along the driveway and they were pretty immature for a long time. So they would start changing colors like midsummer. Um, but they all survived. And this is the first summer where they haven't quite started changing so early yet. So nice. it's kind of neat. Yeah, those trees are getting big. Every kind, every Only time took them nine, ten years to get there. Yeah, it's getting bigger and bigger. Well... Great topic this week, Brad. You know, if you have questions about retirement, who better to ask, right, than someone who's been there before? So today we want to share some of the top advice from people who have been there and done that, real retirement tips from real retirees. So thank you for joining us on the Retirement Ready Show. So, Brad, what are what are some of your top practical tips for people who are getting ready to retire? Well, one of the tips is... Oh, that was a big breath. Were you yeah, ready, ready for this one? one? Here it comes. You know, it, it, so many people come into the office and we'll start, you know, building a retirement plan for them with all the ins and outs of retirement. And one of the biggest concerns, I guess, or, or one of the biggest uh, hesitations for folks is no matter how much money they have saved, no matter how good it might look when, when we as advisors first look at all the portfolio and how much they have saved, all those things... There really hasn't been one person that just says, I feel 100% comfortable that I can retire tomorrow. You know, it's always tricky. It's always a hard thing to start drawing from accounts everybody's told you not to touch your whole life. And everybody is nervous about it, and especially right now with with where the market is and, and what's been going on in the economy and the government, politics, all these kind of things. You turn on the news and there's just so much going on in the world that not everybody feels comfortable to say, okay, this is the perfect time for me to retire. A lot of people are saying, I'm going to wait it out. I'm going to wait till after the election, see where this goes, you know, all these things. And even though we can show them, hey, you have enough money today to last the rest of your life with what you spend, 
it's a hard decision to make to just stop the income coming in from work and figure out when to turn on social security and where to draw from first and what type of account to draw from. Should it be an IRA or a Roth or a non-qualified or, hey, I have this cash stash at the bank I was planning on drawing from first. It's just it's this giant jigsaw puzzle that you're trying to put together for yourself to figure out where do all these pieces go and and, and in what order do they go in? And that's where we come in. That's where a company like us, a retirement planner, can sit down with a family and put together a plan that makes them feel comfortable and does answer that question. Do I have enough? Will I be okay? Is right now the time to retire or should I wait a little bit? You know, those are the kind of questions that you can actually get answered rather than just stressing out about it and thinking about it at home. So, you know, I would say, Tony, that's probably the biggest thing that I see on a, on a daily basis is no matter how much is saved, no matter how great of a saver somebody or a family was, there's always that hesitation. There's always that stress and nervousness of, did I do enough? You know, is this enough to do it for the rest of my life? Yeah, I think those are really, really important things to think about. And there was a great article, Brad, it came out recently that had some advice from real retirees. And there was a few pieces of, of wisdom from folks that had already retired. And one I found interesting was you might miss the challenge and the comfort of having a place to go every day. And and I think that's been an interesting thing that, that I learned. You know, I always kind of self-proclaim that I, I am a math and a data nerd. And I think when I started in this industry, you know, I started more on, on the insurance side 21 years ago. But when I started, I, I was so obsessed with, with kind of the numbers and all that. I didn't have the experience yet to understand that it is an emotional journey, too. You're giving up a place you spend a lot of hours at every week for decades and decades. There might be a social network there, a sense of, of kind of worth and, and what you did for a living. And, you know, I think there's a lot of those pieces that people don't think about that's important to consider. And one retiree said after retiring at the age of 60 and traveling with his wife by the age of 70, he felt like he was ready for a job of some sort. He missed the routine and the camaraderie. Another retiree said be prepared to be flexible, even with long-held dreams. This is especially important advice for couples, I think. When one has a change of heart about travel plans, retirement timeline, or maybe even the ability to walk away from their career. And another one suggests you to think twice before moving. He said, if you think you want to live somewhere else, rent there first. That's always great advice. I've had a lot of clients that have done that, where they've taken their time, you know, rent, even if it's long-term rental for the winter, for example, if you're, you know, up here in the cold climates that we live in, you know, trying out some different areas till you find an area that really works. And I think, you know, naturally, Brett, this is the hard part, but illness, divorce, premature death all contribute to the loneliness that older adults can feel. So you have to be able to navigate kind of challenging relationships over time. And certainly there's chronic illness issues. You know, those become more common in our later years. One retiree in the article advised to travel while you can even before you retire because you never know how long your health is going to last. And your favorite pastimes might change once, you, once you're able to do them all every day. So, you know, be prepared to have new pastimes, interests, hobbies, and medical bills can still really add up. 
you know, so you have to be prepared for that. So, you know, I, I think some of these things are, are certainly things that we've learned over the many years that we've been doing this, Brad. Absolutely. And one of the conversations when you're starting to put a retirement plan together, the, the first conversation is not about what stocks and bonds do you have and where are you drawing from? It's the, the first conversation or at least the beginning of that conversation should be what are your goals? You know, what do you want to do when you retire? Because that's that is one of the things that people struggle with. Right. And you, you stop working. And, and the question then is, is now what? What kind of hobbies do I want to do? Where do I want to travel? You know, Tony, we always talk about the, the go, go, the slow go and the no go phases of retirement. So you want to make sure that when you're planning for retirement, that you do those kind of things that you want to do early on, because later on, you, you just might not want to anymore. But I do meet a lot of people that they, they, they go back to work, they, they go get a part time job, maybe they do consulting, you know, and, and they find different hobbies to do. I'll tell you what, in my, my neighborhood, there's a couple retirees and they have the nicest yards that I've ever seen. <laughs> they're, they're, the, they're the yards that are always freshly mowed and the greenest yards and you know, whatever your hobby is, you just want to know what that is going to look like going forward. And I'll tell you what, once you get to retirement too, you, you start to figure things out. You realize that, hey, I'm way busier in retirement than I ever was when I was working. It's just on the fun stuff I want to do, the, the, the hanging out with friends or going to coffee and breakfast every morning with my, my buddies or whatever it is, you know? So it's, but that is important when you're putting a retirement plan together. It's not just the financial aspect of things. It's, it's what are the, the goals that you have and how are you going to achieve those goals through the financial aspect of things? Really important. And Brad, I, I got a, I got a good one for you this right. week. You ready? Is it, is it a good one? Well, I think so. I like my dad jokes, you know. All right. Yeah. Don't like the jokes? They're hit or miss, you know. Maybe this one's a hit. All right. Let's here we it. go. What do, you, <laughs> what do you call a well-balanced horse? A well-balanced horse. I don't know. Stable. Okay. We'll, we'll say that one's in the middle. It's not a miss. It's not a hit. We'll just keep it in the middle for now. The kid, my, my teenager said that's mid. Yeah. Is that what it is? It's uh, I don't know what that means, but yeah, me neither. I'm with you. My 15 year old. I don't know. I used to know the the slang, right? The the lingo and all that stuff, and it's changed since I was there. It has changed. We're getting older, Brad. That's true. My uh, my oldest just turned 20. 20. Hard to believe I have a 20 year old, but it's crazy, man. Yeah, it's good stuff. But I think these are, you know, kind of talking about retirement topics. These are great things to think about. And I think that's really the benefit, whether we're a right fit for somebody or not. That's the benefit of working with a holistic advisor. I think so many people out there just focus on a certain safe product or they focus just on the stock markets. And there's not a lot of ability to pull together the different pieces. Yes, the portfolio and risk is important, but you need an income plan. You need to have a plan for health care. You need to have a plan for family, you know, wellness and continuity and succession. But you also need a plan to think about forward-looking tax planning. That can have such a substantial difference on how long your money lasts. It's not uncommon that we can save folks six figures in taxes over a, a 30 or 40 year retirement. So that's really important things to think about. So I think initially just kind of coming up with like, what what does this word retirement mean to you? What's the why behind your retirement? And, and what are you trying to accomplish? Yeah, and, and once you know that, then you can create a budget for what that why is, whether that's traveling or whatever, whatever it is you wanna do. And one of the parts of our job, Tony, that I, I never expected way back when, when, when I started is sometimes I have to tell people to spend more money, 
you know, and, and sometimes I, I'm looking at a portfolio with a client and um, they're just not doing the things that they want to do early on in retirement because of whatever, the, whatever the state of the world is, or, or they, they just don't feel comfortable traveling right now, or they just don't want to spend that money too early because they're worried about downturns or whatever it might be, right? So one of the conversations that we need to have with, with clients is, Hey, if you don't start spending a little bit more money in these kind of go-go years, you're going to have a boatload of money saved later on down the road at 100 years old. And, and maybe that is a goal of theirs. But but if it's not, you know, one of the fun things is, is telling people, you know, you, you can take that trip this year. You can maybe take two trips this year. I mean, you have this money saved. You want to start utilizing it because like we talked about in the last segment, there there comes a point in your retirement, whether it's 80 years old or 85, everybody's a little bit different, but you just don't want to do all those things anymore. You just don't have the energy for it. You know, this hurts, that hurts. You don't want to take that trip anymore. So, you know, one of the things I always tell people, you know, get it done in the go-go years. Make sure you do everything you dreamed of as, as much as you can and make sure you work that into that financial plan. So, when we're creating a financial plan for somebody who hasn't retired yet or is retired, what we look at is we look at if they haven't taken Social Security yet, let's figure out a way to do that. When does it make sense? What does healthcare look like? You know, Medicare or if you're before Medicare, if you're not 65 yet, we have to find gap insurance. That's really important to figure out what is that expense going to look like going forward and make sure you stay in the different tiers that you want to stay in from an income standpoint. And then that goes to income planning, knowing what you're spending and where that money is going to come from. How does Social Security tie into that? But also, where do you draw from? What type of account? Maybe you want to draw from an IRA first because you're in a lower tax bracket early on than what you will be later on. And then we start looking at what do the investments look like? Are you pretty aggressive at this point? Are you still in that aggressive mode from when you were still working? Or do you have different buckets doing different things? Maybe you have a conservative or a moderate or an aggressive bucket. And where do you draw from from that standpoint? And then we start looking at tax strategies. And it sounds like a lot when I'm talking about it, but this is all part of the program, right? This is all part of one retirement plan this is just different sectors of that one plan and how does it all work together? But tax strategies, Tony, you mentioned it in the last segment, that could have the biggest effect, whether it's for your family later on down the road or just what tax bracket you're in along the way, taxes are lower today than what they're going to be in the future. So how do you take advantage of that? And that should all be in that retirement plan because one section of that plan affects other sections in different ways down the road that you can't see today, but it does have a big effect tomorrow. Hey, podcast fans, if you're ready to take the next steps to create your Retirement Ready Roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow us and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now back to the podcast. And let's let's talk about that tax planning a little bit, Brad, because I think, I mean, it's a little bit hard to answer this question, but if somebody pinned me down and said, hey, all the thousands of retirement plans and, and, and couples that you've met with over so many years, you know, what's the most common thing that's missing? And, and I would really have to say it's a lack of forward thinking tax planning. Now, let me explain to you what I mean by that. Imagine you're sitting in a car. Right. And you might be thinking, oh, well, I have such and such CPA and they do my taxes every year. And I'm sure they do a great job. But you have to understand when you're sitting in that tax car, they're looking in the rearview mirror. 
They're looking back one calendar year. They're, you know, checking all the boxes, dotting all the I's, crossing all the T's, and trying to get you to pay as little taxes as possible for that year. And that's great, and it's very important, and I don't want to discredit that at all. But what I'm talking about is looking out the front window. Are there strategies and techniques we can put in place so when we think about a maybe 30-year retirement, what can we do to reduce the taxes that we're going to pay? Because so many Americans, Brad, you know, and it's not, it's nobody's fault, right? Mom, dad, aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, somebody in your life probably said something like, put as much away as you can into that retirement account, 401k, 403b, thrift savings plan. If you're a federal employee, there's a ton of different types of pre-tax plans. And someone said, you know, put as much money away as you can in those, because when you retire, you're going to be in such a tiny tax bracket, you're barely going to pay anything. Well, that's just not the case for so many people. If you fast forward to when you're 73 and a required minimum distribution start. Now, now, if you're not familiar with that term, you know, there's an age at which the IRS forces you to start taking those required minimum distributions out. That's force distributions from your retirement account because they say, hey, we, we've let you tax defer this for a long time. We want you to take it out whether you need the money or want the money or not because we want to tax it. And that's the only point at which they get to tax it, right? So we start taking that out. That's taxable income. If you have Social Security, not everybody, but likely some portion of that is taxable income. If you're the small group that's fortunate to still have a pension, taxable income. Right. And when we think back to the 2017 Tax Cut and Jobs Act, one of the things that changed, yes, we all went into these lower tax brackets and they doubled the standard deduction. But that meant that most Americans no longer itemize. So if you're putting 10, 20 dollars in the basket at church each week or donating to a charity that's important to you, unless you're donating some very substantial numbers, it's likely you're not even getting that deduction. So I can't tell you how many folks in their 70s that we've met that said, Tony, I'm in a higher tax bracket than when I was working because I just don't have those deductions anymore. So you need to think about that. And let's say you have that kind of magical $1 million 401k or IRA. That's got a big old IOU stamp on it from the IRS. And we have to deal with that. Otherwise, that's a big ticking tax time bomb. And it's really going to bite you in the butt if you don't plan for it. Yeah, how much of that money is yours depends on how you take it out along the way. Right. That's why income planning is so crucial and important, especially early on in retirement, because if you're in the lowest tax bracket of your life right when you retire, that's a conversation to have. Maybe you don't turn Social Security on right away. You stay in that low tax bracket and you start drawing from that big 401k early on in retirement while you're in the lowest tax bracket of your life. Because every dollar you take out, you're paying taxes on it, but you're at the lowest tax rate. So I want to make sure people know, too. I mean, you know, you, you hear all these things. Well, I have a pension. I have everything in 401k traditional, and I'm going to be in such a big tax bracket. I did something wrong. No, I mean, you didn't. You did everything the right way. You did everything you were supposed to up until this point. But that's up until this point. Now, at this point, you switch plans, right? You go from accumulation mode. Now you have to preserve. Now you have to protect. But also look at what uh, strategies do you have now while you're in a more favorable tax bracket in retirement? What can you do today that's going to have the biggest impact tomorrow? And I'll tell you, you know, nine times out of 10, it's going to be the tax strategies. It's, it's, it's going to be paying the taxes now at a strategic rate. So you don't have to pay as high of taxes later on down the road. And what that's going to do, 
That's going to lower your required minimum distributions. Anything you convert from an IRA to a Roth is decreasing the amount that you have in that IRA so that when you turn 73 and you have to start taking required minimum distributions, it's a smaller amount, right? It's the same percentage, but off a smaller number. So you're not taking out as much, which means your income will stay lower, which means they'll tax your Social Security less, which could mean health care premiums might decrease. You know, all these things definitely snowball. Taxes are like a big snowball at the top of the mountain that gets bigger and bigger as it as it rolls down unless you address it, unless you do something about it while you still have the opportunity to do it. Yeah, and it's really important to do that. I mean, you know, Brad, you know, this is a pet peeve of mine, but, you know, we have this pretty sensational media, right? And, and can you just imagine, we, we know taxes, so the way that 2017 Tax Cut and Jobs Act bill was written, it expires at the end of 2025. What that means is unless something changes between now and then, those rates are automatically going back up to the old rates and a standard deduction is cutting back in half again. So we know taxes, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, and we know it's happening in January of 2026. And I can just see the media in the first half of the year in 2026 saying, oh, the ultra-wealthy implemented strategies to take advantage of the lower rates before they went up. And the reality is, so can us. Everyday average Americans, just like you and I, can take advantage of these lower rates, but it requires some action because each year that clicks by, we've lost an opportunity to do that. And I don't want folks to look back and have any regrets and then be stuck paying these higher rates. But then there's another level, another layer to this, Brad. You know, this is, I want to say, a complaint that we get from so many retirees today to say, hey, when that new tax code was passed in 2017, it was great. Tax rates went down. You know, the, the standard deduction doubled. But I used to be able to itemize and write off all my donations to charity, the 20 bucks a week I put in a basket at church, you know, and I used to be able to write these things off. But now I don't itemize anymore, so I don't get to write it off. And Hopefully, and I think certainly with our clients, they're still making those donations to these great organizations out of the kind of generosity of their hearts. But there are some ways you can get those deductions back, and there's some more effective ways to make those donations. And so many people are missing out on some of those tax advantages. Absolutely. You know, it's said that nearly 70% of Americans are missing a written financial plan. I'd argue more that, the, you know, even, even higher percentages is miss, missing a tax plan. Right. And, and what to do from a tax standpoint going forward. But you're right, Tony. I mean, any kind of charitable giving, if you're if you're taking required minimum distributions at this point in your life already, uh, you could start doing you know things like QCDs, qualified charitable distributions. Start looking into that. You know, you could do donor advised funds. There's a lot of different ways that you can, you know, give to charity still. And, and whether it's tithing or whether it's giving to a charity or a university or whatever it might be for you. Um, there's definitely different ways that you can do that and utilize that to your advantage from a tax standpoint to be able to maybe do bigger Roth conversions going forward to, to lessen the burden of those taxes down the road. So, you know, you kind of get in the weeds with some of this stuff and it's, it's, you know, too much to talk about in just one segment, but that is part of what a financial advisor, somebody who works in retirement, they should be looking at what are the advantages of doing this versus that, or how do you make a difference long-term? I think one of the other things uh, that we need to discuss is if your goal is to leave money to your beneficiaries, 
right? Even if that's not necessarily your goal, maybe you just want to leave whatever's left over. You want to utilize it to the fullest while you're still alive, but you never know, right? You never know what's going to happen. Nobody has their timeline stamped on their forehead. So you want to make sure that, you know, if money is going to go to your family, what is the best way to do that as well? And a couple of years ago, they changed that law. If you have any 401ks or IRAs or tax deferred accounts, it used to be that if that money went to your kids, they had the rest of their life to take that money out. They had to take out an inherited required minimum distribution every year, but they could keep the full account, have it keep growing for them. They just had to take out a small amount each year for the rest of their life. That rule has changed over the last couple of years where now they have to have every dollar out of that account within a 10 year period. So imagine if you have a big IRA, if you have a big 401k, if you have big tax deferred accounts saved and that money goes to your family, and let's imagine that they're doing well. They have good jobs. They're making good money as well. Well, now they have to figure out how to take all of that money out over a decade, add it to the income that they're already making, pushing them into a high tax bracket. And, and, and Uncle Sam becomes a big beneficiary at that point. You know, so those are things you want to look at. Or, you know, what if one spouse passes? If one spouse passes, maybe if you have a pension, that would stay for the remaining spouse. You'd have one of the two social securities. The higher of the two would stay for the remaining spouse. But all the RMDs would stay for the remaining spouse. But you're, now you're looking at going from a joint tax bracket to an individual tax bracket. So the, the same income coming in essentially is going to push that remaining spouse to a very high tax bracket, potentially, depending on where the assets are located. So whether it's thinking for the spouse, for the kids, whatever it might be down the road, tax planning is so crucial to retirement planning as a whole. And that's the important part, I think, to remember, Brad, there's going to be different strategies for different people. There's some simple conversion strategies if you have a large portion of your wealth in pre-tax accounts. There's some great you know, contribution, charitable contribution strategies, a qualified charitable distribution, a DAF. Brett, Brett do you know what a DAF stands for? I believe it's a donor. No, 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 that's not it. No, no. Drake is an awesome financial advisor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> no, but there's some great strategies, a DAF, and some great ways to get back that deduction, maybe maximize the deduction. We can layer some of these strategies together to really have a more impactful experience. And then there's some more advanced strategies. We have lots of folks that come to us that are selling highly appreciated stocks, buildings, businesses, and there's some great way you're not just stuck paying the gains there. In most cases, there's some great ways we can reduce that tax bill, but we have to set that up before you sign those sale agreements. So there's various levels. There's kind of some great tax savings 101 strategies that all of us every day kind of middle of America folks can do. And then there's some more advanced strategies depending on your situation. But the mistake is to think that there's not a strategy that works for you, that these strategies are only for the ultra wealthy. There are substantial ways to reduce those taxes. I always like to say there's two taxes that you can pay in, in the United States. There's mandatory and optional. And so many retirees are paying both. You don't have to pay the optional taxes. There's ways you can completely legally and legitimately reduce your tax bill and just pay those mandatory taxes and not be stuck with those higher tax bills. And let's face it. I mean, when we went through COVID here, if you look at the mounting debt in our country, I think it's a safe argument to say taxes are likely to be on the rise over the next couple decades. 
let's take advantage of these rates while we have them and let's make sure we can set up your retirement plan to be in a position where you're paying as little taxes as possible and we sure love to help we appreciate you listening in and you've been listening to the retirement ready show hey podcast fans if you're ready to take the next steps to create your retirement ready roadmap then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com here you can download educational white papers sign up for educational no obligation workshops or schedule your complimentary consultation also don't forget to follow and like us on facebook linkedin instagram twitter and youtube thanks for tuning in Drake & Associates LLC is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Advisory services offered through Drake & Associates LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Drake & Associates LLC is not permitted to offer. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Drake & Associates LLC.